This is the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. On today's episode, we have a recording of a sermon that was co-preached by myself, Pastor Nate, and Pastor Gary. We kind of went back and forth again. This is part of our outdoor worship service on August 19th. So many of you may not have had the chance to hear it uh, because we have limited capacity for those outdoor services. But it's a really great uh, conversation between Gary and I about the topic of shalom, which is actually a really important biblical context, as you see, as we kind of break it down during this sermon. So without further ado, here is the sermon from October or August 19th during our outdoor worship service. So peace, Jesus comes and offers it. It should be that simple. Jesus simply comes and says, peace be with you. And so there should be peace within us. But what we probably have to remember in the midst of all of this is Jesus had his disciples gathered and he didn't pick any particular person out in the midst of that. Where sometimes he might, as he said at one point, go tell my disciples and Peter, you know, something. But in this case, Jesus has this sort of sense of collective peace that he is sharing with everybody. And I think that's where we begin to understand that Jesus wasn't giving us peace, maybe the way we know it in the confines of our English language, but in, in effect, so much broader. Jesus was bringing shalom. So what's shalom? Yeah, great question. (laughs) It's a confusing word because it's like we just associate it equally with peace right away. And yet the word shalom is something that means it has such a deeper meaning to it, a a more all-encompassing sense of what peace really is. Because you can be peaceful uh, during your yoga class. And you can be peaceful sitting uh, outside looking at the mountains at sunset, but shalom is that soul-level peacefulness, something that goes deeper and down below. My, My son is named Solomon. Many of you might know that and remember him. He's not running around here tonight, and we can be thankful for that in some ways. And and you might think that we named him Solomon because we liked that guy in the Bible who was really wise, King Solomon. But the truth is, Solomon is actually derived from this word shalom. And that's a concept that's very important to my wife and I as we raise our children to develop a deep sense of peace within our children. Solomon has a long way to go to get to that deep sense of peace, but he's only six, and that's totally understandable. But I also right, want to remind you of King Solomon. And during the time of his reign as king, there was a deep peacefulness throughout the lands. There weren't a lot of wars during his time period. And so those two pieces have always been linked and going hand in hand. So, so yeah, shalom, Gary, is this deeper, bigger, wider sense of peacefulness. But you knew that. I kind of did, but, <laughs> but, it, but it helps me say what I was going to say next. So as I think about this, we realize that we have been in challenging times uh, politically, sociopolitically, interpersonally in our world. And 
And, and I know it sounds confusing to some when somebody says Black Lives Matter, because the fact is we want to answer, no, all lives matter. But when that happens, we negate the shalom that somebody is looking for. And, and so we hear this phrase, and I have to admit, I didn't like it at first, and it took me a while. And what I realized was that when the better I understand shalom, the better I understand when somebody says, all lives will never matter until black lives matter. And really what that means is, until we take care of those who are, who are most at risk, there can never be shalom. There can never be peace throughout a community unless those who sometimes are most at risk can find peace. And when that happens, we realize what we're asking for is a collective peace. So if we can take peace to a group, that can then turn into peace for a community. But if we want to jump to the community level, and there are some that, some that say that sounds good, but it's not my reality, then we will talk about peace, but that will be individual. What we will miss is true shalom. Yeah, and to, to put it personally on my level too, I'll bring it back to my kids again. I can go on a run in beautiful Colorado and run through the mountains and there's all these great trails and I can feel very peaceful for me, for a moment. But as soon as I step back in my house, if Solomon's not at peace, no one in that household is at peace at that moment. And I shouldn't pick on him because sometimes it's one of his sisters or you get the sense though, right? In order for an entire community, in order for this all encompassing peace to be a reality in our world, all people have to be taken care of. All people have to find peace within themselves. And that is a very hard idea to get behind and yet, it's what God hopes for, right? God's call and God's love and God's grace is for all people. And until that dream is achieved, shalom is only a glimpse that we get along the way. And, and so how do, we, how do we bring that to a more personal way for us? One, I just need to say this. How astute of you to leave Amanda out of one of those who was not peaceful in your home. Um, I wish I would have known been that smart at 14 years of marriage or whatever it's been for you. So it took me a little while longer to catch on to that. But here's how it's working in our community right now. I would have to say that as far as COVID goes, I personally and somewhat non-interrupted by COVID. I'll tell you what I mean by that. I know people who are isolated, who haven't been around their, their, uh, their work companions, but I have. We, because to maintain the church, we need people in the office area. And so every day I have people to be in relationship with. So it could seem as if I have peace, but I really don't have shalom because I'm so aware of so many who don't have what I have. And in fact, I would have to say that, that not in the extreme way that somebody who might survive a heart attack might feel this, but I actually feel a little bit of survivor's guilt in the midst of COVID, mm. that, that I'm not deeply affected by it through 
loneliness or certainly not through loss of employment and, and other things that some people are experiencing. Some who are going to college and some who can't, who are learning online when they didn't think they would with athletics and sport teams that are all canceled. I don't personally have that experience. So you could look at me and say, yes, I have peace, but I'm living within a community that does not have shalom. And to take it one step even further, I know how deeply people would like to have our sanctuary open. I know how deeply people would say, can't we just get together on Sunday morning? We can limit our numbers. We promise, Pastor, we'll be good. We can do all of these things. And yet, I need to tell you that if all of you were in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, you might feel a sense of individual peace, but I would not have shalom because I already know of congregations where they have worshiped together, 50, 60 people. And then on a Tuesday, two people contacted the church and said, we just tested positive for COVID. And everybody in that congregation is forced to quarantine for two weeks. Now that might be possible in a small town when everybody knows each other's business. To be perfectly honest, if we had an indoor worship service and on Tuesday we contacted all of you and said there was COVID active in the church when you were there for worship, you must quarantine for, for uh, two weeks. I know some of you wouldn't. You can all look and decide who I'm talking about. You probably know already. But really, it's that sense that I could have brought that kind of angst into someone's life by having people in the sanctuary that would not allow shalom to be a part of our world. But this right here tonight, when I see you all being good, keeping your masks on, the only reason we're not so you can actually hear and be, so we can be intelligible. But what you're doing here, this is shalom. This is what it's meant to be. That's what we're trying to bring into the church as best we can at this time. Yeah, and, and so God's hope is for shalom for every single person to be able to experience a deep sense of peace a deep abiding nature of god's love and grace in our lives and we recognize that that can only truly be possible if it's for everyone because if you experience shalom on an individual nature that will be so fleeting as soon as you get into a conflict with someone else and Gary's illustration is perfect for that example, too, of that if we get back together in the sanctuary, it could make a lot of people really uncomfortable and they wouldn't experience shalom. And of course, if anyone gets sick, shalom is not going to be a reality in that moment either. And so it's just a good reminder, more than anything, to recognize that whole together for good phrase that we talked about the last time we got together for outdoor worship applies to this as well. That God's hope and dream for the world is this communal peace that goes soul deep. And I just, I'm reminded of the sermon that I preached on Sunday where we talked about the kingdom of God and how Jesus is longing for us to see heaven come to earth. And that's really what this is all about as well, is that God's hope for the world is for heaven and earth to overlap, for deep abiding shalom to exist not just as for us as individuals, but for our communities, for all of creation, for the world at large. And so we leave you with that thought tonight about how can we be conduits 
for shalom? How can we look not just for peace for ourselves, but peace for our world as well? What actions can we take? What work can we be doing? How can we help find and create shalom wherever we go as the people of God? Amen.